When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Previewing all the NFL game odds to get you ready to wager each week on all the NFL action, college football, plus all the local teams and NBA action later this fall. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. And tonight's edition of Bet LA with Anita Marks is made possible by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza Nutrient Pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Bet LA with Anita Marks right now. Welcome back to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. Let's dive into the national championship coming your way on Monday. TCU going up against Georgia. And uh, what a good one this is going to be. TCU getting 12 and a half. And uh, what, um, uh, let me find out what, hold on one second. Let me see what the, the over under is right now. It's at 62 and a half. Jason Fitch joins us now. You can see him all over ESPN talking all things specifically. Really love your analysis when it comes to college football, but also, again, part of all our chalk coverage when it comes to NFL and, and, and other, uh, other gambling uh, sports. But Jason, great to have you on uh, 710 ESPN LA. How you doing? Happy New Year, by the way. Happy New Year to you too, my friend. I always love hanging out with you. I'm, I'm just, I'm glad I get to come on your show. This makes my whole heart happy. <laughs> <laughs> that's so nice that's so nice okay so so let's dive into it again like I said TCU getting the 12 and a half I just feel like all season long we've doubted this uh this this horog team and 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 myself included in fact like I I had Michigan full disclosure full transparency I had Michigan last week uh and of course we saw them win 51 to 45 uh first things first how, how are you playing this side yeah, so you are a thousand percent right. I also had Michigan, and here's the thing that I didn't anticipate from Michigan. I didn't anticipate that Michigan would forget what Michigan was good at. And if you go back, and I, I've rewatched about two thirds of the TCU season after watching it as it happened over the course of the last few days, and undeniably, TCU has been really good at times and really lucky at times. They have managed to find ways to win when teams have forgotten who they are or teams have made mistakes. I mean, you look back at Michigan and, you know, the way they turned over the football, the special teams gaps, and then even more importantly, Michigan had a huge size advantage up front that they chose not to use even late in the game when I thought, you know, it got back down to a three-point game. I thought Michigan would just sit back and, and pound the ball down their throats. They didn't do that. I think Michigan, frankly, got outcoached in this football game. I don't think you can outcoach Kirby Smart and this staff in this game for Georgia. They know where they are. They know what they're up against. They know how to handle these situations. Georgia is susceptible to give up a bunch of yards. That is very true. But I'm not going to believe that Georgia forgets who Georgia is. And that's a problem for TCU because they're just flat out top to bottom. They're bigger, faster, stronger than TCU. Uh, in regard to um, in regard to a, a a total sixty two and a half, that's a lot oh, yeah. of points. And uh, you know, one one thing in, in in doing my research in regard to my analysis in this matchup, and and that is, 
Georgia's defense, very different than Michigan. And one stat stands out to me big time, Jason, and that's um, contact rate behind the line of scrimmage. Georgia, 45% of the time, gets the running back behind the line of scrimmage. Eighth best in college football. Michigan, only 30% of the time, 93rd ranked in college football. And I think that's going to be a real big um, issue when it comes to TCU. So just out of curiosity, points-wise, uh, over under 62 and a half. Uh, yeah, I go under. And where TCU wins is in shootouts, right? If TCU can get you into a track meet where they're making huge plays and you're making big mistakes, then TCU can win. And it's funny because on our digital pregame show on ESPN before uh, the college football playoffs, what I said at the time was, man, the one thing Michigan doesn't want to do is get into a shootout. You don't want to have to match them point for point because they're really good at that situation. But Jalen Carter, who everybody is starting to fall in love with because, frankly, we're all looking at mock drafts already, Jalen Carter is bigger and more talented than Jordan Davis in the middle of the line. And when you actually think about that, Jalen Carter was neutralized against Ohio State. I think it's one of the most stunning parts of what we saw in the Peach Bowl was that Ohio State had a plan and a way to really collapse the interior of the offensive line. I don't think that that, TCU is going to be able to do that. So Jalen Carter is going to be a disruptor. That entire Georgia middle of their front seven is going to be disruptors, which is going to make it hard for Miller to get running any sort of momentum running the football. It's going to be right up in Max Duggan's face. This all makes it more difficult to get rid of the football. So where Georgia is susceptible, their corners, especially a man, Quentin Johnson should be able to get some big plays. The problem is how do you hold the ball long enough for Quentin Johnson to be able to get open? And I don't think there's – a good analogy there, and then a good situation there. And then on the other side of the ball, one thing that Michigan struggled with, and, and this was one of the bigger surprises, is that TCU plays a really interesting 3-3-5 defense where they're sending their second layer from all over the place. And as they send that second layer, you really have to anticipate what gap's going to be filled by whom so that you know how to counter that. Michigan didn't have an, uh, an answer to that, which considering how long they had to get ready for TCU, I think, again, speaks to the fact that they just thought – they can line up and beat them down. I don't know against a quarterback that we all joke is a little older, more experienced than Stetson Bennett. I think he's going to do a better job of manipulating the protections up front, which is going to give Georgia more opportunity. I, I think this is a more lower-scoring game than most people think because I think Georgia's going to want to control clock. They're going to want to control tempo. They're going to want long, grinded-out drives. And as a result, they keep TCU's offense off the field. And the fact that you won't be able to handle them at the line of scrimmage means I, I like Georgia, I like the points, and I actually like the under. Jason Fitz joining us here on uh, on ESPN, breaking down, of course, your national championship coming your way on Monday. Um, okay, I want to I want to dive into some prop bets with you. This is where I I love prop bets. You know me. Um, and so let's talk about a few that are already listed here for this game. A few things. Number one, Georgia's pass rush not that great, especially with with Nolan Smith not playing. Right. So I, I think a lot is is going to be on Max Dugan. Um, also. Um, you know, you've, you've got a Georgia offensive line that's seventh best in college football in pass protection, and TCU is ranked 100th in college football in regard to pass pressure, getting after the quarterback. So with that being said, uh, so Dugan over one and a half touchdowns as well as Bennett. Uh, Dugan over 233 and a half passing yards. Uh, Bennett is 278 and a half. 
in any of these that you are going to play with the over-under, I do believe how these teams are going to score points is through the passing game as opposed to the rushing game. So I'm on the over in a lot of these. Any of these prop bets in regards to the quarterback position interest you? Yeah, I like the over on Max, uh, again, because Quentin Johnson can get open deep, and uh, it's amazing. There was a play in uh, the semifinal game where, you know, Quentin's coming over the middle, and it's a really easy tackle for Michigan to make. And if they tackle him, it's a fourth down, punting the ball, whole game looks different. Instead, it breaks into a 76-yard touchdown. Why? Because they under-anticipated the speed of somebody that's also huge. So that happens in these games, and if you look back at TCU, it happens a bunch. So Quinton's ability to go deep and, and really to take a mid-level pass and make it a deep pass, I like the over for Max passing-wise. Stetson's a lot more interesting to me because, again, I think Georgia is going to try and come out and slow this game down a little bit. So the question is, is he going to get over? And I think he's at 278 and a half is that number. That feels aggressive for me. I'm actually on the under on Stetson and on the over on Max, which is only funny because, again, I think Georgia wins this game uh, running away. But uh, the the yardage for me on Stetson Bennett, the yardage, that that number is high. You're asking a lot in this game, considering I think they are going to try and slow the pace of the game down. Um, last uh, quarterback prop for you, um, Max, over under 27 and a half rushing yards. We've seen how masterful he is uh, when he's scrambling with the football. Do you think he has a lot of success against Georgia? Yeah, that's over, 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 over. I am such a fan, and I, I don't care right now if we're talking about the NFL or college football. The over on quarterback rushing has become this year one of the easier bets to hit constantly on these props. Like I feel like everybody underestimates. And plus, we live in a world where when you start talking about 27 and a half, you need two big runs that are off schedule for Max at any point in this game. But when you start talking about just rolling out and avoiding the middle of that defensive line that I think will be able to sort of stand their ground in that situation, that leaves the opportunity for Max to have to run around, Max make a play. That gets pretty easy, to, that over for me. I, I am a big fan of taking the over on quarterback rushing props, and this one will be the same. Um, last one for you before I, I do. Before I let you go, I, I know there's an NFL play that you like heading into Saturday's matchups. I want to I want to tee that up for you as well. But um, you mentioned Quinton Johnston. Uh, for him to score a touchdown, plus 120. Okay, uh, receiving yards is over under 87 and a half. Any of those play uh, that uh, in, in any of those those prop bet plays you like? Yeah, 100% because he's going to get over that. Like, I, I'd be I'd be stunned if he's not in the 100, 110 yards receiving. Mm-hmm. And, yes, he's certainly going to get a touchdown out of this. So, I think those are pretty easy. Like, it, it feels like we have underestimated the star here in Quentin Johnson, who, by the way, Again, if you're an NFL junkie and you're watching him for the first time, watch him. You're talking about somebody that by the time we get to the draft is likely going to be a top eight or nine pick in the draft. There's a reason. He's a size advantage on the outside, especially against Georgia. He's still going to be a size advantage and sneaky speed. Yeah, I, I, I like him in the 110 yards, uh, you know, two touchdown range. Wouldn't surprise me at all. I love it. And again, you can get it over 87 and a half at minus 115. So what does that mean for those inexperienced bettors? It means you're laying $115 to win $100. Um, okay, before we let you go, Jason, again, Jason Fitz joining us here. Uh, let's, let's talk about, I know there's a Saturday game that you're eyeing. Listen, a- as of right now, there's very few and far between uh, that, that I feel really confident about betting until we really understand the landscape of how the NFL is going to move forward, considering that they canceled 
the Cincinnati Bills game. But nonetheless, Tennessee going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jags favored by six. The over-under here is 40. How are you playing this matchup? Yeah, this is 100% all-in on Jacksonville. I'm surprised they're only uh, six, and, uh, six and a half, so I think, where I got them. I, I am surprised that that was the number because the Titans are in full implosion mode. And I know a lot of people don't watch the Titans, so I'll just tell you that their defense has been decimated by injuries. Uh, their offensive line is one of the worst in the NFL this year. They're starting Josh Dobbs at quarterback who – uh, you know, came in last week uh, about eight days after he was signed up the practice squad because Malik Willis isn't ready to play at all in any level. The Titans are essentially mailing it in at this point. That's stunning when you talk about a team that could win and still win their division. The Titans are going to get absolutely destroyed in this matchup. Their defense is susceptible too. So I like uh, I like uh, Lawrence to be able to have a big, big day passing the football. Uh, I like ETN to be able to go off. And I think Jacksonville is just absolutely going to embarrass the Titans on national TV on Saturday night. I am confident in this one. There's a lot of incentives in this matchup as well. Zay Jones, wide receiver for the Jags being one of them. Uh, and we're talking about $250,000, 500, almost a half a million dollar incentive. So I like over four and a half receptions might be my favorite bet for Zay Jones in over 49 and a half receiving yards for, uh, for him as well. Uh, really great chemistry between him and Trevor Lawrence this season. And, and I do believe that uh, Trevor does look his way to make sure that his guy gets paid, pay that man, his money. Um, Jason, um, so great having you on. Uh, we got to do this more often, my friend. Anytime the bat phone is always answered for you. You're the best. I appreciate you, Anita. You got it. Happy New Year. You too. Jason Fitz again joining us here on Bet LA 710 ESPN LA. Uh, what say you? How excited are you for this national championship game? How are you playing it? I'd love to hear. 877-710-3776. Anita Marks with you. Bet LA 710 ESPN LA. This is Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza nutrient pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Obviously for me, like, that's uh, something special. Uh, I've been walking around telling people, like, it's almost like it's scripted, you know. My last college game, I get to go right down the road from my house up. Just a surreal feeling, and I'm excited for it. It's literally a five-minute drive. Like, it's that close. <laughs> I haven't. This will be my first time. I don't know. They haven't really asked me, honestly. Like, they, the only thing I've been asked about so far is food places. That's, so I got to give some good suggestions up, or else I'm going to have a bad rep, you know? <laughs> DeMarcado um, talking about uh, that game on Monday. Uh, from the area, guys. Again, Tyler and Rebecca are producing the show. If who would, what restaurant would you say? I mean, obviously, dude feels pressure since he grew up very close to SoFi. Um, so you, your your teammates, you're coming to town, first time. Maybe some of your teammates have been to LA. What what are you what are you recommending? Where do, where are they going for grub? Oh no, I'm not too familiar with Inglewood, but if they're going to be coming into LA. Man. Does it have to be? Does it have to be Inglewood? No, 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 no. It can be in the area. Okay. I, I mean, I'm just nothing, trying to think nothing, of places listen, that are like too LA fancy. specific. Nothing, nothing too fancy. I mean, you gotta hit but in like, and out if you're gonna be. In I SoCal. was just gonna say, but everybody yeah. says that. 
You know, of course they say it. And then everybody goes and they're like, oh, such a disappointment. Like, In-N-Out is so good. It's so I don't good. Think it's, I don't think it's a disappointment. But, but yeah, like when, when, when people make like such a big deal about something, your expectations are through true. the roof. That is true. Yeah. Right? But then, like, then again, I feel that way about great... Shake Shack and Five Guys. Like everybody amps those up. and ugh. Don't you, isn't it great when like, you're you 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 put a movie out like you're you i don't know maybe you're like a you're there's no sports on i don't know maybe it's a rainy you're telling me there's a lot of rain in california right now there is yeah. it's, it's like it's a rainy it's a rainy saturday night mm-hmm. you don't want to go out and you put on a movie and you're like oh i'll try this movie and it ends up being like man this is one of the best movies ever yeah like you know, as opposed to somebody saying to you, oh, man, have you seen this movie? Totally. You've got to watch it. It's amazing. And so your expectations are all the way through the roof. And then you watch it and you're like, well, that sucked. Yeah. But and it the- really didn't suck. It really wasn't bad. It's just right. that your expectations were unrealistic. Yeah. And the beauty of L.A. is there's so many hole-in-the-wall places that a lot of people don't even know about where if you just go exploring, you're bound to land somewhere that's going to have exceptionally good stuff. So, so again, so, so really, so that's, it, it, you, it would be in and out for you. That's where you would tell your, that would, that's where you would tell your teammates to go. Yeah. Rebecca, where, 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 where would, where would you quick, you know? Yeah. Rebecca, where would you, <laughs> so funny. Uh, <laughs> Rebecca, where would you take your teammates? Oh my gosh. I don't know. I, rare- am I putting you guys on the spot? No, I just, totally, I rarely yeah. eat out. So I'm uncomfortable. I don't even. Oh my god, that's all I do. Really, know many places. There's a, I mean, we're getting too far. Like, there's a really good burger place called Stout in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Stout's good. But um, I can't think of anything. I think we like have. I think we have Stout. I think we have Stouts here in 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 New York. Oh, oh you know what? Stouts? You know what comes to mind is Fat Sal's. Have you ever had Fat Sal's? No, I, I haven't. Fat Sal's is a sandwich spot, and they've got like the weirdest composition of sandwiches that you would look at and you'd be like what like mozzarella sticks and corned beef and sauces and french fries and it's like you look at it and you're like there's no way that's good all all wrapped up in a sandwich uh and then it comes on a hoagie and then you get it and you're like this is fantastic so fat cells i'm locking it in Hmm. all right all right all right i'm i'm in listen i'll try anything once um it's so funny you say you, you never you you never eat out. All I do is eat out or I order in. But here's the thing. When I do cook, okay, I am <laughs> I am all about the air fryer. In fact, oh my, my friends make fun of me. I have four air fryers in my Whoa. apartment. My husband you know is obsessed with our air fryer. It's all I ever hear about. Ever. So, but you know why I have four? <laughs> why? We need to know. One 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 is for meats. The other one is for vegetables. Another is for starch. And then I have another one that I use for warming up delivery food. And then you've got your certified food handlers card on the wall as well, right? <laughs> and then how big is your kitchen? My God. Um, to fit four air fryers. So, so I have a nice size. My, I'm about my apartment here in the city is about, I have two bedrooms. I've got a lot of space, 1200 square feet. Nice. But, nice. So, but here's the, it's not, it's not so much how big my apartment is. It's that it's, I can't have all four of them on the same electrical grid. Right. Cause they pull too much. Uh, so I gotcha. I, so, gotcha. <laughs> so okay. she's got so one on her I, nightstand I have, I have an extension next cord. to the shower. 
Exactly. So I have an extension cord. Oh my god. That 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 I had like an electrician, like you know, like put up around the baseboards or whatever the top of my door. So you know, so so like people are tripping over. People are like tripping over. Air fryer situation in Mark's kitchen slash bathroom. So anyway. Anyway, that's how I roll. I'm all about the air fryer. I just, I swear by it. I really do. Anyway, um, yeah, this is a gambling show. This isn't a cooking show. But nonetheless, we're talking about TCU in Georgia. We just heard from Jason Fitz. Adore him. He's fantastic. So uh, so TCU is, uh, is, is yet again a dog in this fight, even though they are purple frogs. Nobody respects them. Uh, you know, Sonny Dykes, nobody respects them. Uh, and and full trend full like like I like Jason and I were talking like full transparency full disclosure like I was on Michigan I, I actually I thought Michigan was going to win the national champ I thought Mich I thought coming into uh, this playoffs I, I just I felt like Michigan checked all the boxes right offense defense special teams I felt all in all combined uh, they had the best team coming in um, as a whole but obviously TCU I, I just I, I think credit needs to be given um with with coach dykes i i think he's really a special individual and a special coach um the way that that i feel that he has brought this team or helped bring this team together and um and and i just i I think the coaching staff is 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 really really good so um also, I think TCU has the better quarterback. I love I love uh, Max Dugan. I, I think he's great. Um, but here here's with all that being said, here's why I think TCU is going to lose. Um, and 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 a, a lot like so TCU as we know they beat Michigan fifty one to forty five. Meanwhile, Georgia had to come back from behind to beat OSU 42 to 41 and, and obviously a little bit of luck, but everybody says any championship you win, uh, you need a little bit of luck uh, thrown into the equation. There's no denying that. But as, as I mentioned with, with Jason, I think really a big key, especially when it comes to college football um, is, is winning in the trenches. And one thing that the Georgia defense does better than Michigan is contact behind the line of scrimmage. Okay, and I'll repeat it again. Georgia, eighth best defense in the NFL in contact behind the line of scrimmage with opposing running backs. Michigan, 93rd in the country. So I think what's going to happen here is it's all going to be on Max. Uh, and, and I'm sure he's going to deliver. I just, I think this game is going to be close. So I have Georgia winning. But I have TCU covering. I like TCU getting the 12 and a half. I don't, I think this game very well could come down to a field goal. I think this game very well could come down to a touchdown. Okay. Also, I do believe that, and, and, and even though Max, to me, Dugan is the better quarterback in this matchup, I think Bennett, with the fact that he has the seventh best pass protection unit in the country, and TCU is ranked 100th in pressure rate against opposing quarterbacks in college football. So I think that bodes well for Bennett. Meanwhile, Georgia, um, their pass rush is not so great, especially since Nolan Smith uh, is not going to be, as I like to call it, active and attractive. So I think Dugan has a solid night. 
I think Bennett has a solid night. So I think this game is going to be close. But at the end of the day, I think, especially since George has been there, done done it before, got the free T-shirt, knows what this week is all going to be about or has been about, knowing the anxiety and how to channel it throughout the weekend, getting ready for Monday's game. So there's that. Prop bets, again, talked about it with Jason just a second ago. Love over 27 and a half rushing yards for Max Dugan. Um, I do believe that he's going to have to run the football. Also, I like the over in the two passing props. Over one and a half touchdowns for both backs. Over 233 and a half passing yards for Dugan. Over 276 and a half passing yards for Benton. I know Jason is on the under with that. And then, of course, as Jason said, Johnston, the the, uh, the wide receiver for TCU, over 87.5 receiving yards. And you can get that at minus 115. Again, what does that mean? You're laying down $115 to win $100. So that's the national championship being played on Monday night. Kind of sad, right, guys? As of right now, no Monday night football. Again, the big news today is that the NFL has decided that the Bills and Cincinnati Bengals game will not be played. And the owners are going to meet um, a little bit later because it, it well, uh, on Friday, um, it's already Friday where I'm at, um, but they're going to meet on Friday to talk about how are they going to handle the postseason, especially when it comes to the AFC. And whatever, in my opinion, whatever you do in the AFC, you have to do in the NFC. Sorry. Uh, like, it's, it's already not fair already. <laughs> like, whatever you decide to do in the AFC, I believe that it has to be done in the NFC as well. But only time will tell. But that's the big storyline. And it's all going to come to a head tomorrow uh, for sure. You are listening to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. We come back. Uh, I'll share with you some other NFL picks and plays that I do like. Also, what I want to get into is player incentives. Week 18, what does that mean? A lot of player incentives where money, $250,000, half a million dollars, uh, is on the table for a number of these guys to hit their incentives. I'll share with you the players that you need to be in, in the know about who do have incentives to be active and attractive and and put some, some gaudy numbers up. And then uh, we're going to end the show with Bill Barnwell. Uh, and we'll look bigger picture, right? Um, so still all that coming your way. With you for another 30 minutes here on 710 ESPN LA. This is Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza nutrient pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. You know, when you move forward to this week for us, which is, you know, Denver um, and this football game, it's, it's, again, knowing that you have to be able to do both of these things at the same time. You have to be able to deal with what happened and also, you know, do your job and live your dream at the same time, you know, and that there's work to do this week and that you have to be able to do both of those things. And so um, that's where our focus has been is kind of defining the week. Hey, this is going to be our rhythm and routine. Um, This is what we need to get accomplished and how we need to do it. And then at the same time, once all that's done, hey, then we also need to address you know what happened the other night too, and um, and you can do all that at the same time. And uh, you lean into the leaders of your football team, um, whether it's coach, player, you know, organizationally, and um, it's going to take everybody in order to get it done. Um, coach Daly uh, talking to the media uh, 
I would imagine that a number of coaches feel the way that that uh, that Staley does as well. Uh, you know, it's it's not just the Buffalo Bills players and the Cincinnati Bengal players uh, that I, I feel that are, are going to have a tough time and, and, and somewhat of a frightening time stepping onto the field this week um, after seeing what happened in that Buffalo Bills game. So. Uh, again, if you're just tuning in, it is Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. The big news today is that the uh, the NFL has uh, canceled uh, the Bills Cincinnati game, so they will not pick up where they left off, and uh, and the owners are going to meet tomorrow to decide how are they going to handle the postseason, especially when it comes to the AFC. Again, I feel whatever they do in the AFC, they should do in the NFC. That would only be fair. There's talk and speculation that they will add another team to the postseason, so there'll be eight teams, and therefore there will not be a first-round bye for whoever gets the uh, the first seed uh, in uh, in the NFL playoffs, if that's Kansas City, whatever the case may be. And obviously that change the, changes the dynamic of how a lot of teams um, are, are going to be heading into this week. So stay tuned for that. More news will come out, I'm, sh- I'm certain of that, uh, tomorrow. So uh, really quick, because we've got Bill Barnwell, who's going to be joining us uh, in, in, in the next five minutes. Uh, but uh, another thing I like to look at coming into week 18 is player incentives. What does that mean? There's, you know, players who have uh, incentives that they would like to meet, the team puts up, that the teams would like for them to meet. And if they do... Uh, they get anywhere between, you know, 50 to 150 to 250, sometimes $500,000. Yeah, obviously, that's a lot of money. So, um, and, and believe it or not, teams are, are, are very um, behind the player for those to work out. So a few that you need to be in the know about as we head into week 18. Patrick Mahomes is two, is, I'm sorry, Patrick Mahomes is 430 passing yards away from um, from beating uh, beating Peyton Manning's single season record at four five thousand four hundred seventy seven, the over under for Patrick Mahomes passing yards is three twenty two and a half. So I'm going over because I think now can he reach four thirty? Probably not. I, I don't know against the Raiders maybe, but I do believe he's going to go for it. So I like over three hundred twenty two and a half passing yards for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Justin Herbert, 34 completions shy of Brady's single season record of 485. But maybe the Chargers rest, especially if the Ravens lose and the Chargers are locked into that number five spot. So keep an eye on that. Jamal Williams running back for the Detroit Lions um, has 15 touchdowns on the season, 15 rushing touchdowns on the season. Uh, the next running back close to him is 13. So I like Jamal Williams scoring another touchdown just to be sure, solidify you know that running back who scored the most touchdowns this season. Um, also, he's at 994 rushing yards. He just needs six more yards to break 1,000. Wide receiver-wise, Justin Jefferson, 194 receiving yards to break Calvin Johnson's single-season record. Boy, was he thrown off last week with the Jair Alexander. And also keep in mind, he's trying to win Offensive Player of the Year. So I think Justin Jefferson uh, has a big game this week for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Both Christian Kirk and Zay Jones, a lot of incentives here for them in the passing game with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I said it a little bit earlier. Um, I love uh, Zay Jones uh, over four and a half receptions and over I want to say it's 46 or 47 and a half receiving yards. Um, he's highly targeted 
in in the matchup uh, with uh, with of course uh, Trevor Lawrence. So I do like him. Also keep an eye on Juju Smith-Schuster as well. All right, quick break. We come back. Uh, we've got Bill Barnwell from ESPN who's going to be joining us. So uh, we'll take a big look, bigger picture here on 710 ESPN LA. This is Ben LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza nutrient pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Ben LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Welcome back into Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. One of the best in the business, Bill Barnwell, joins us now. You can see his columns all over ESPN. Does such a thorough job, a great job, doing a deep dive into a number of the NFL topics. And uh, in, in one of the most uh, really important uh, topics, obviously, right now, is the fact that the NFL has decided to not play the Bills and the Cincinnati game. Uh, so, and so, so what type of ramifications, uh, you know, is, is, is that going to present to the league? Apparently owners will convene on Friday to discuss the AFC playoff seedings, uh, in the absence of course of the bills and the Bengals game being played with that being said, Bill, you know, there's, there's so many things on the table, right? Like I'm hearing that, um, there'll be eight teams now advancing to the postseason where the first seeds will not get a, 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 a buy. I don't know how fair that is for the NFC, but nonetheless, what are your thoughts and, and, and what, do you, what do you see developing here? Yeah, I mean, it feels like they're throwing out all these different possibilities about, you know, teams having a, uh, AFC teams not having a buy or NFC teams taking a buy and then alternating the wild card rounds. I mean, there's just so many different sort of ways that this could go. And I think I'm honestly a little surprised that we're this late in the week and nothing has been maybe finalized. Obviously, um, you know, I, I do think in the long run, uh, this game is not going to be played like, like you were alluding to. And I think that we're going to have a conclusion, but I think it's going to be the simplest conclusion possible for the NFL. I don't think they want to establish the precedent of having, you know, multiple games, extra bye weeks, eliminating that week between the, conference championship games and the, the Super Bowl where we have basically a week off. Um, I think they're going to look for the simplest solution possible. I just kind of figured, you know, even by, by Wednesday that we would have a solution settled on, but you know, it's it moved past that later in the week. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's the whole thing has just been really, really uh, unbelievable um, from obviously what happened on Monday night to mm-hmm. um not to mention, right, like um, the amount of money now that has been um, uh, um, donated, uh, of course, to uh, yeah. to to like, right oh. to to the. Fu- I mean, from one thing to another to another, it's just been it's been really really unbelievable. Uh, but but looking at the landscape right now and heading into Week 18 and how it all stands, and let's take a look at the AFC, right? So Kansas City, Buffalo, and Cincinnati all have an opportunity of landing the number one seed. Um, you know, in, in, in Kansas City, obviously going up against the Raiders, which, by the way, I know you and I have talked about the draft quite frequently. You know that I was a fan of Jared Sidham coming out of college. So mm-hmm. thrilled that he's finally getting an opportunity with the Raiders. The Bills taking on the Patriots, of course, and, and they need to win to try to get in. And in uh, Cincinnati going up against the Ravens and the Ravens needing to win to get in. So 
all three teams that potentially could land the number one seed in the AFC going up against opponents that have something to play for. Very unique, right? Well, I mean, certainly, you know, there, there's opportunities for these teams to kind of prove what, they're, what they can do, right? I mean, the Ravens, of course, um, you know, having been so out of whack over the past few weeks with without Lamar Jackson, and I think there's legitimate questions about, you know, whether this offense is going to be functional and whether Lamar Jackson's not going to play in Week 18 but into the postseason. Um, you know, he hasn't practiced since his injury, and there's been – you know, there's been no sort of time frame for when he's expected to return. So you got to figure, you know, if the Ravens get in, uh, Tyler Huntley is not going to be a guy who's going to be a significant difference maker for them come January. So I think that's frustrating from the Ravens' perspective. Um, with the Raiders, of course, you know, I don't think Josh McDaniels is getting fired. I think that he has, you know, his job is safe. But I also think that, Stranger things have happened, and I think they're going to want to at least show up in the final game of the year and be competitive. And of course, with the Patriots, so much to play for in terms of they can still make it to the postseason. And they, you know, have had such a topsy turvy into the year with the losses to the Raiders, the loss to the Bengals. Um, you know, I, I think their opportunity to, you know, even if they don't make it to the playoffs, at least right the ship and kind of have a positive end to the year that's been so frustrating for them especially in offense over the second half of the year, and maybe, you know, knock their rifles now in the AFC East and the Bills down a peg by beating them and costing them that opportunity to get the one seed in the AFC. I think they have probably more to play for than anybody else, but I think all three teams certainly, um, you know, want to come out with a victory here against those, those, those possible top seeds in the AFC. Uh, really, you know, obviously the game that's going to be played on, on Saturday, the evening game, um, and, and probably one of the most exciting because it's win and you win your division, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And that's the yep. Jags going up against game, Tennessee. Uh, the Jags are one of the teams, Bill, that I feel teams need to be really wary of heading into the postseason if they do beat Tennessee and they, they do land that fourth seed. Their defense has been playing solid, solid offensively. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has digested Doug Peterson's offense and has been able to execute quite well. So I like ten- I, I, I like the Jags in this matchup. I think the Jags beat Tennessee, and I think they could be a force to be reckoned with in the postseason. What say you? Anita, you are very wise, and this is just <laughs> another example of how smart you are. And I think you don't have to go back far to think of an example where this played out. You have to go back all the way to 2021 because that's when the Bengals made it to the postseason as the fourth seed and they had a young quarterback in Joe Burrow who got hot at the end of his second season and suddenly they were a different football team they hit a ceiling that I don't think a lot of people saw for them heading into the postseason much quicker than a lot of people gave them credit for and of course breaks went their way you know they they get a late interception against Tennessee the Chiefs forgot how to play football in the second half of on offense, but that was a team where we kind of figured, okay, they've taken some strides, but they're not ready to go to the Super Bowl, and then they went to the Super Bowl. So uh, I don't know if the Jags are going to copy that necessarily, but I think they have that ceiling in them if they win this game against Tennessee. They're going to have to stop Derrick Henry, which is something they've struggled to do in years past, but I do think they're a better football team, 1 through 53, than the guys on the other sideline in Tennessee, and I think – you know, they're, they're favored for a reason. They're at home. They have, 
I think a better roster, a better, much better quarterback, obviously. Um, you know, I think it would be a significant upset if they did blow it here and lose the division to Tennessee in the final week of the season. Uh, the Chargers are in a situation that uh, if, if, of course, the Ravens lose to Cincinnati, and Cincinnati is favored by seven, uh, then the Chargers have really nothing to play for. They're, they're, they're in the five seed, and they have no chance of, of being uh, you know, brought down to the six, which therefore yep. they would play the winner of, of the Jags in Tennessee. But beyond just week 18, I think the, the Chargers are another team that – Kansas City and the Bills and Cincinnati need to be fearful of because they are coming around defensively. They're looking great offensively, um, you know, getting healthier. Of course, Herbert did not have a lot of his offensive weapons uh, on, in the wide receiving core uh, for a, a good portion of, uh, of the season. So and full disclosure, by the way, Chargers, Eagles, that matchup was my preseason pick and I got it at 90 Ooh. to one. Yes. So Ooh. so I am. Please trust me. I am I am cheering for the Chargers <laughs> to 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 advance out of the AFC. But your thoughts on the Chargers' big picture, Bill? Yeah, I think the big thing you mentioned is health. You know, they have been banged up all year, and this is the healthiest they've been really all season. Justin Herbert, of course, recovered now from his ribs, did show up with a shoulder injury on the injury report. I think that's really more than anything a pretense to have him sit if there's nothing to play for. Um, but the big one uh, has to be Joey Bosa, getting Joey Bosa back from his injury. He's been out for three months, um, most of the season now. He's coming back. you got to figure he's going to be close to 100%, half fresh legs, heading into the postseason. And he's just a dramatic difference maker for them up front. I'm getting Derwin James back. Derwin James has been out for a stretch here during the second half of the season. You mentioned the receivers. Um, you know, this is the best version of the Chargers we've seen all year heading into the postseason. Now, I think there's a ceiling and a floor for them. I think the ceiling is they can be a Super Bowl winner. They have that kind of talent on their roster, but we know the floor is a game where they look sloppy on offense. They don't stop the run on defense. And if that happens, I mean, there's been rumors that you know before this kind of hot stretch day in the year that Sean Payton was looking at the NFL and saying, I kind of want to go coach Justin Herbert. So, you know, Brandon Staley, who I think is a good coach, um, I think has a lot going for him. I think he's made really positive strides in the second half of the season he might be coaching for his job here in the postseason. So I think they, they're they in, and that's great. I don't think they have a lot to play for in Week 18, but they do have a lot to prove in the postseason. I think if they just make it to the playoffs and they get blown out in the first round and that's that, I think that's going to be a very disappointing end to the year, even if it is a playoff berth for the Chargers. Bill Barnwell joining us here on ESPN. Uh, let's take a look at the NFC. Obviously, the Eagles in the driver's seat. They beat the Giants. They get the number one seed, and I do expect them to beat the Giants. As you know, I'm here in New York, and, and everything I'm hearing is that Brian Dable and this team, they're going to rest all their star players, as many starters as possible. So do 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 the Eagles cover? That's a whole other story. I actually like the Giants getting the points, but nonetheless, I do believe mm-hmm. the Eagles win. Uh, your, your thoughts on... Jalen Hurts and his injury, as well as Lane Johnson. This is an Eagles team. They're nine and twenty-two without Lane Johnson, straight up. So, you know, your, your thoughts on on the Eagles and um, and and bigger picture heading into the postseason. Yeah, I mean, bigger picture. Lane Johnson's an important person there. I mean, the numbers for him. You mentioned the win-loss record. Um, the numbers in terms of per play basis, you know, their QBR goes down about 15 points, whether it's Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts, any of the other quarterbacks they've had, they're a different offense without 
Lane Johnson on the football field. And to me, I think the concern is, okay, maybe we get Jalen Hurts back. Maybe we get Lane Johnson back. That's great. But are they the guys we saw during that incredible stretch to begin the year? If Jalen Hurts is not the same caliber of player, well, that's a different feeling for this offense. If Lane Johnson's struggling, well, that's suddenly a, a weak spot in a very, very good offensive line. The Eagles have been one of the healthiest teams in football this season. But when they've gotten had to deal with injuries, we've seen the weaknesses pop up. When Jordan Davis suffered his high ankle sprain, we saw teams run the ball effectively on Philadelphia. We've seen now Gardner Minshew struggle mightily in that Saints game last week, where Jalen Hurts might have done a much better job. Um, you know, I, I think their ceiling is as high as anybody's, but I'm a little nervous until I actually see Jalen Hurts in the football field looking like the Jalen Hurts we saw for the first three months of this season. Last question before I let you go, and, and that's the 49ers, right? I, I do believe in the NFC. It comes down to the Eagles and the 49ers. Love the 49ers defense. Brock Purdy has been one of the biggest surprises, right? Mr. Irrelevant coming in as the third string, really, right? The third string quarterback for the 49ers and helping them get this far. Who do you have representing the mm-hmm. NFC in the Super Bowl, Bill? Well, you mentioned your Super Bowl pick before, and I will say that my pick was Niners and Bills before the year. I had the Bills winning, and it has admittedly not been the path I would have expected. I did not expect Brock Purdy to be a big part of the Niners' trip to the Super Bowl, but I'm going to stick with the Niners because I think they have the pieces around Brock Purdy. I think the defense is playing phenomenal, and I just I would have picked the Eagles if they had been healthy heading into the postseason, but I'm just a little concerned about those injuries to, to Jalen Hurts and Lane Johnson. So to me, I think don't have any faith in Mike McCarthy. Don't have any faith in the Packers, the Vikings. I, I I lean towards the Niners being the team to pick here. Bill, thank you so much for joining us. Really do appreciate it. Uh, I thought it'd be good we end the show with just a, a, a broader view, right, of, um, of the number of teams that we're expecting to make it into the postseason. Uh, what needs to happen and, and, and really, you know, realistically, how far do we think they can go? So, uh, again, I want to thank Bill Barnwell joining us here. Uh, talking about some of the futures odds that we can dip into as well when it comes to the NFL. Uh, we've had great guests. Daniel Wade joined us earlier on the show to talk about the Chargers. Fat Jack, professional handicapper, like he does each and every week on Bet LA. Um, Andre Snellings, of course, to break down some NBA action for us. And Jason Fitz, uh, who I just I adore. I, I think he's fantastic. And of course, uh, previewing that Monday night college football matchup. So great show. I want to thank as well Tyler and Rebecca, who always do a phenomenal job uh, producing the show for us here at 710 ESPN LA. Everybody, enjoy your evening. Enjoy, uh, of course, we've got games on Saturday, NFL games on Saturday, as well as Sunday, and of course the national championship on Monday. We'll be back next week. Uh, we're, we're on Wednesday next week as opposed to Thursday, just FYI. Uh, so stay tuned for that as well. Anita Marks, you've been listening to Ben. At LA here on 710 ESPN LA.